Homer Maniacs, and welcome to the Homer's Podcast. Coming to you from the 2420 Studios today, I'm Stephen A. Turner. Joined in the studio by Mr. Brandon Ward. Gorilla style. And Mr. Clark took the night off, so it's just going to be us two doing it big today. We got, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some coaching changes among high school football. We got some, uh, 1000 point club. We're going to review boys and girls basketball from the week that was. We also have a displaced diehards alum joining us in the studio today. Kenny the Snake Stabler will be coming on just a little bit later in the program. That's right. Snake. Breaking him out, dusted him off, gave him a little bit of time off. Keep right after a long, long season last year on the Displaced Diehards. He's going to be on the show today. But have to have him here for Super Bowl week. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl because that's what we do. We are originally the Displaced Diehards, but... Uh, we'll keep it right on football right now. Let's go to OHS football. Huge change this week. I wish Clark was here to talk about it because that's his team that's near and dear to his heart. He's kind of been, uh, we've kind of been hearing this through the grapevine for quite some time now, but coach Joe Prince has stepped down. He's going to be taking a job out in Virginia and to be closer to his family. And it's time for a changing of the guard at OHS. My buddy, Big Matt, uh, actually grew up in Virginia, said that that school is known for a power run game. So Prince is going to love that, and they're going to love Prince. Yeah, they will. They will. And, he, you know, uh, a lot of people have some negative things to say about Prince's coaching style here and there. Nothing about Coach Prince the person, Coach Prince the, the molder of men. Uh, he's that is what he does and to me i mean has a pretty doggone good record to back up uh, behind the molder man he'll do he'll do very well out there in virginia but the real question for ohs fans obviously that that's what pertains to our show is is who's going to be taking the reins of the program now a lot of talent it's, he's not leaving this program bare by any means they got a lot of talent coming back uh, they should be a, a top 10 ranked team in the preseason going in next year the question remains who who is going to take the reins of the Owensboro Red Devil football program. That's a big question. That's on our uh, Facebook page, which has been blowing up with the activity. You can find that uh it's the Homer Show, and the Homers is one word in the show. Just search that on Facebook and find that and jump in on the conversation. But I mean, we had like forty responses. I'll let mine be known right away, and I'll just let some music go ahead and say what I think. <laughs> I think Coach Edge is the only fucking oh, is the only option. Yeah, you know, we speculated about it. Just in, you know, we, we kind of suspected that maybe Prince may step away after the season is over, and we always kind of wondered what it, what that Owensboro program would look like with Coach Edge's offense. And it's something interesting to think about. I'll tell you, it's something that Owensboro Catholic fans do not—they do not want to talk about it. You can just see the discussion uh, from the Owensboro Catholic side. They—they they think there's no way that Coach Edge is taking the job. Or would even consider leaving Owensboro Catholic. I think not so fast. I think there's a possibility uh, that he could he could entertain the idea of of going across town and coaching the Red Devils. I mean, he's got to be thinking the same thing we're thinking. Look at the talent that he would have, and look at what he's done with the talent that he has now. And just imagine the OHS, the skills that come through there. The talent pool is just always there. And uh, like we we talked with Edge on the program going into football season, how he has the uh, feeder system in middle school. Imagine these kids that are already almost won a state title this year coming up in the same feeder system and running that Oregon offense that Coach Edge runs. It'd be nasty. Yeah, that's kind of what we talked about. We talked about this off the air a little bit about how uh, Owensboro Catholic uh, middle school system, just that uh, Edge kind of puts that uh, playbook into effect very early for these kids. And the OMS is already – uh, probably the, you know, obviously the most talented middle school year after year, 
uh, and then you put that in that feeder system in place there, how dangerous that would make that already very talented program. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't help but think about what, what, what it may look like. And the biggest question for Owensboro, in my opinion, is Nick Locker, the quarterback, the leader that pretty much led the team in everything, including even the punting game. He's not going to be there next year. And if you bring in Edge, I think, uh, Zach Gross, who was their backup quarterback this year, I think he transitions nicely into Edge's offense. And look at what Edge did with, uh, Zuber, who was his first time he was starting yeah. this year, put up 55 touchdowns and led the state. Yeah. It, you know, it, if something happens and Coach Ez doesn't go, end up, end up applying for the job, which he is an Owensboro Catholic alum, uh, it's kind of his, you know, that's kind of his thing. I mean, he's an Owensboro Catholic guy. It would be, uh, you know, uh, I want to talk about it a little later on, but it's, you know, how Clark talks about Eli Wright switching from Apollo to Owensboro with such, you know, animosity. Uh, that would be twice the animosity is a, a move like that edge, uh, spurning Owensboro Catholic to go coach the rival. Uh, Red Devils, but there's going to be candidates lined up from here to Kingdom Come for this job. I mean, this is a prestigious job, one of the more uh, prestigious jobs in the in the nation. I mean, you're talking about a school that, it, that's nationally recognized as far as uh, high school programs go. One of the more prestigious programs uh, with a illustrious history dating back, you know, way back. So. Uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be great candidates lined up. I know they've got a uh, a search committee lined up. We talked a little bit about it at the uh, OHSDC basketball game the other night. A lot a lot of buzz about this job. There's some coaches over in Indiana. I know that that have drawn some interest, and uh, you know we'll see how it goes. Uh, one of the Hart kids, I think, the, is he used to be an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator over at Wrights. His dad had a lot of success. Now coaches a very very illustrious program up in Indianapolis. Uh, his name's been uh, thrown out there. You know, you're going to hear a lot of names, and uh, I think they're going to obviously Owens Rule is going to make a make a fantastic hire because they'll have a great pool to pick from. Second name that came to my mind was uh, your boy Gooch. Oh yeah, Dan Gooch. No, our uh, boy uh, yeah. Josh Mackey also thought of that on that, Facebook up in the argument. It'd be interesting for sure. Apollo might want to try to find his number. They haven't had success since he walked out the door. But uh, you know, we're talking while we're on that topic. I mean, it, you think about maybe. If the possibility of Edge taking the job, you you could be looking at a scenario where all four city schools have brand new coaches next year. Now, obviously, Croom's still in place. I don't know if that will be the case going into the next in the next season. It shouldn't be uh, the case, but uh, you know we'll see that going forward. But I know Kimbrell's out, you know, and and then if Edge switched to Owensboro, and then Catholic would have to find a new guy. So. A lot of changes coming in in football, and not just that, but the changes in classes. I mean, Owensboro's going up to 5A now, or they're going to be in there with Bowling Green, and uh, Highlands is moving up as well. I mean, it's just absolutely loaded. Murderer's Row right yeah. there. And then you got uh, Mayfield coming up in the Catholic 2A, which is already pretty doggone solid with DeSales, who's now becoming a powerhouse. So uh, both uh, 2A and 5A uh, is going to be uh, extremely extremely tough for both of those schools and then davis county obviously in apollo both uh, apollo's in 5a davis county 6a you know you got trinity and, and whatnot up in 6a and apollo's up right there with owensboro so uh all city schools are going to be up against it regardless of who's coaching it's just going to be fun to watch it play out and, and see how it goes but we'll we'll definitely keep our eyes peeled and i know clark He'll have his uh, ear down to the grindstone, and if any any news breaks, we'll be the you know be sure and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, all of our social media outlets, and we'll we'll try to keep everybody posted as it goes along. It's at the Homers one zero two seven on Twitter and Instagram. 
That's right. And right now we'll switch gears back over to basketball. We want to, I want to talk a little bit before we get into the scores and whatnot about some kids that, that reached a milestone this week. Uh, the 1,000 points. How about that? Four kids. You got, uh, you got Darian Morrow. Mr. Big Shot. Which is uh, kind of unreal that he's at the, at the 1,000 point club. I, I never would have thought it. Uh, Eric Holman, uh, Justin Miller, Michaela Berry on the girls' side for Owensboro Catholic. So three Owensboro Red Devils, which is impressive. Uh, and then Michaela Berry over at Catholic, which is really impressive because she's, she's still got a couple years left. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's a big feat, and uh, they honor those kids before the game the other night, and we just wanted to recognize them before we get into the no, this week's uh, action. Miller, uh, Morrow, and Hummer came the 31st players in the storied history of Owensboro to put up that amount of points. I mean, to get your name on that list, well, that storied history is something to be proud of for sure. Yeah, you saw the list posted on our on our Facebook page. I mean, just ridiculous names all up and down that list, so uh, it's a great list to be on. And I tell you what, these group of uh, Red Devils really have a chance uh, to make their mark, uh, being an Apollo guy it pains me to say it, but the fact of the matter is, is Owensboro is is just ridiculously talented. We talk about it week in and week out. We'll go we'll flash back to Friday night where the Owensboro Red Devils picked up a fifty-one to forty-five win over Davis County, uh, led by Eric Hallman's nineteen points, fourteen boards, seven big blocks. I think most all those blocks came in the in the first half. Uh, Justin Miller contributed thirteen. Uh, point six boards and uh, seven assists. Seven assists from Justin Miller. If you look at him, you would never assume this kid's going to go off for seven assists. But that's what makes Owensboro so so deadly is the the passing game of their big man. That's what I was talking Ugh. to uh, Coach Q on our Twitter, I, and he was saying the uh, stats that Miller put up. And I was like, the most underrated part of his game is the passing, the the quickness that he he sees the court. He's always where he's supposed to be, and then he knows where his teammates are going to be, and he doesn't. He doesn't have any hesitation. Most of the time in high school basketball, you see the ball kind of trail a little bit. They're trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. Miller knows what's go- what he's supposed to do before he even gets the ball. And then as soon as he gets it, it's usually a touch yeah. pass for an assist. The same way with Hallman. I mean, you got those two guys passing out of your two big guys. That's hard to beat. Yeah, and it's nothing against Davis County here, but this comment, uh, the only team that's beaten OHS is OHS. I mean, that even goes for Apollo. As talented as Young and Wright is, I mean, the only team that's beating OHS is OHS. This team makes three passes per trip. They got a little selfish there in the beginning of the third quarter, lost their head a little bit, uh, kind of started playing some one-on-one basketball. This team uh, can make three passes per possession. They're going to get a, an either a wide-open look at the three or they're going to get a layup. Uh, it's one of the two. And you can either pick the foul them or you can try to leave one of their maybe lower percentage three point shooters open, uh, for a look kind of like Jacoby. I mean, they, they don't even touch, they don't even walk out on Jacoby because they really don't have the option to. I mean, you have to pick somebody to not honor. I mean, Samper can knock it down. Morrow is a, one of the best three point shooters in the entire state of Kentucky. Pendleton coming uh, off the bench Pendleton, has been knocking it down. Yeah. And then, who you gonna, I mean, and you, you gotta, you gotta double team Miller Hallman down low. If you don't, I mean, lights out. So, uh, I'm saying this team makes three passes per trip. They're almost unstoppable. And at least in the western part of this state, 
unless you're talking about a Henderson, maybe or a Hoptown, uh, there's not anybody that's going to stop them around here. I don't think we've seen Owensboro going at full speed. Yeah, I think we've seen Owensboro going at 75% because that's all they really need to go undefeated in the district because they're just that talented. I think when we will see 100% Owensboro know exactly what this team is capable of is that five-game stretch we've been talking about with Apollo and Trinity and Bowling Green again and all them going into the tournament time. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun time uh, to watch. I mean, it's a good way to get in fighting shape. I mean, this team sky's the limit. I, I've watched. I'm telling you, normally I don't get out, and with the ability of the new IHI and, and the, the games that you can see online, I've had I've had the opportunity uh, to watch a lot of the top teams in the state. I've seen Trinity. I've not seen Ballard yet, so I can't comment on them. But I mean, I've seen Apollo played Manual. Uh, I've seen uh, Trinity. I've seen Not Central. I've seen all those teams. I'm telling you right now, I mean, Owensboro could play with those teams. I'm, I have no question in my I mean, mind. You, you also seen OHS play with all those teams in the King of the Bluegrass and have leads on those teams late in the game and just let it slip away at the end. Yeah, they've got to be better at finishing. There's no question. I mean, even against uh, a Warren Central team where I thought they had the game well in hand, they almost gave it away. Then Bowling Green, the same situation, They, they except that was kind of vice versa. They actually finished that game well. They did not... Uh, play with much enthusiasm to the first three quarters, but they finished it well. So they, I, I haven't seen them put together a complete game yet. And if they, if they do, I mean, I don't know what may happen. I'm sure they probably did against Christian County. I was able to see that game. Christian County has a great team. I think almost beat them by 40 points. So, uh, I can't, I can't really say enough. I know a lot of people get sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm an Apollo guy, but when you watch a team play, you can't help but respect them and you can't help but see, I mean, how good they are. This team, team with this much talent just don't come around very often. And, uh, I, we, we've said it all along. I mean, you got probably, uh, Davis County could probably win the region. Uh, Apollo could win the region. Uh, Catholic at full strength could shock the world and win the region, I think. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that any of those teams that have a statewide impact like OHS. OHS, you know, is going to win those, going to beat those teams at least seven or eight times out of ten, I think. And, and they're going to be able to go to Rupp and have the best chance to represent Owensboro uh, on the biggest stage and bring back a trophy. I think, and that's just my opinion, just because the size and the guard play. Let's see who represented Owensboro this week with our Hellboy of the Week brought to you by Wendella's Canine Cafe on 727 Leachfield Road. Call 270-316-5324. I'm fireproof. You're not. And the winner's going to be Mr. Eric Holman. Uh, just dominated the game on the defensive end. You can't say enough how much he altered the game on the defensive side, not to count his 19 points, 14 boards, and then seven blocks. I guess you can count some of that to him. But I noticed him guarding Stuart Curry. Curry wouldn't even pull the trigger on some open shots just because Holman was in the area. And that that's a big game changer for Davis County, who we'll get into right now. Um, I thought they, they came out, stalled the ball, which – to me, against Apollo, it worked like a charm. In this game, it felt like it took them out of their flow a little bit. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but when you get against Owensboro, it's hard to play uh, stall ball unless it's maybe late in the game. They tried to do it all all the way throughout. I thought it I thought it kind of took their tempo down a little bit at times. The thing from D.C. I liked uh, was their guards were penetrating. But, I mean, with Eric Hallman and Miller at the rim, you can't go up with your first shot. And I was noticing uh, Gilmer and uh, – Hagen both penetrating, and then once they would draw Holman's attention, they would kick it off to a teammate for a, a good shot. I think that was a great plan. The guards, and we got to talk about them just laying down the defense. Uh, Tyler Hagen 
and uh, Michael Gilmer, man. We haven't talked much about Moro or Jacoby mm-hmm. Harris or uh, Dylan Sanford or uh, Arius Phillips putting up a bunch of points in this game because they locked them down. We, we've been saying that all year that uh, Davis County has some defensive lockdown guys on the team. They did it. They did their job there. Marshall Griffith, what else can you say about that dude? He's fearless. He's my favorite player to watch in the region. I mean, he goes up against Hallman. He wants to dunk on Hallman so bad. <laughs> he, he wants to dunk on Hallman so bad. You said you said it in a text message to me. You said it's probably a good thing that he didn't because I don't know what might what he might do after he did dunk it. He might get thrown out of the game. Yeah, those celebrations that Marshawn Lynch has been doing after yeah. he scores a touchdown, those would be nothing if Marsh ever gets to dunk on home, and I guarantee it. Yeah, he's a, he's a gamer. He tried it like six times in that game. I'm going to go on record right now and say that I, I've said it a few times, uh, watched him in the past. I've said, I've said some derogatory things. Now I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I say front, flat out, I said, Pat Hume can't coach basketball last year. I said, you know, Davis County's being held back by their coach. I just don't, I don't think he's a very good coach. I'll tell you what, he is sticking that right up my throat right now because Pat Hume is coaching some basketball. Uh, he's got, uh, just, the way he coaches the, the kids that he has, I mean, he he does a fantastic this game plan in this game. I know I, I, I criticized stalling the ball a little bit, but the adjustment that he made coming out of the locker room uh, is unlike any coach that I've seen in this area uh, make. I mean, he went into the locker room, he changed his game plan, he puts Marshall down on the block, knows he has a mismatch, and he gets quick buckets, easy buckets, changes the game, instantly Davis County's back in his ball game. And I know Owens will dig it a little lackadaisical, it kind of helped him a little bit, but the adjustment that Coach Pat Hume made was impressive, it caught my attention, and... Uh, you know, you can't help but but see it. I mean, the the way he plays to the to the talent that he has maximizes his talent. Absolutely, sure. no question. I, I mean, mean, he's got talent. Don't get me wrong. Marshall Marshall's a hell of a player. And, Stuart Curry and may Curry, walk one at Louisville. Yeah, I mean, Curry can get his shot against anybody. But but the way the the discipline that the team plays with, and like you said. Uh, that stuff about, you know, about, uh, Hagen and Gilmer getting to the hole and dishing, that's stuff that they were taught during practice that week. That's how they were taught to break down OHS and they executed it well. Not to mention the defense that you, that you talked about taking away the guards, which is not, uh, not many teams have been able to do it this Morals, year. I don't know that any of them have. Morrill's putting up like 20 a game. Yeah. No, so uh, that's all gone to Hume. And I, I saw him coach just a fantastic game against Apollo as well. And so he's starting to turn, to turn my attention to him and think, man, this guy, I mean, look out. I mean, all of a sudden, Pat Hume starting to throw his name in the mix for Coach of the Year. I mean, that's who your midseason Coach of the Year, you and Clark, after yeah. talking it out, you kind of yeah, well, realize that, man, he is the Coach of the I Year. I snubbed the hell out of him. First of all, I talked trash about him last year, and I was dead wrong. So I don't, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, uh, I am wrong. And uh, we, we kind of went back and forth, and then we all kind of forgot about Hume. But he's definitely in the mix. And as far as what I've seen, he's done the best job of any coach in the area. Uh, that I can see, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, Davis County it was up against it. They got stomped out by Henderson, who is, to my opinion, they could be the best team in the state of Kentucky, and uh, Davis County's already got one win against them, and they were looking for a little bit of revenge, got Curry in foul trouble. When you go over to Henderson, you're going to get those uh, knick-knack calls and whatnot. So. Curry also picked up two quick fouls against Owensboro, which just really changed the game when you Absolutely. take a guy like that quality out of the game. Yeah, no question. And Davis County can play with anybody. They can, they can beat Owensboro, and I don't know if they'll face him again. We'll see. I know 
And one thing we haven't even talked about is, is this obviously cinches it for OHS to the one seed. They will play Catholic in round one of the ninth district tournament where Davis County will face Apollo again. And that's going to be, my goodness, that's going to be a ridiculous, uh, intense, intense ball game between two teams that just flat out don't like each other. I said it after the game. Uh, I think Zach Burton is the X factor. If Owensboro and Davis County meet up again, I think he's the X factor for getting it done. The way he was playing when they made that run in the second half, he was talking about he was out there. Uh, he got a nice ball lot uh put in some jump shots if he's hitting his jumper they got a little bit he's he's got a little bit of size to him that's what you need against Owensboro I think if you can start getting him confident to where some either Miller or Hallman's gonna have to guard him maybe get him in foul troubles out there guarding jumpers and we know the kid's got hops we've seen him put back a rebound dunk early in the season one of the nastiest dunks we've seen all year I think he's the x factor for him getting it done and of course Stuart Curry can't get in the foul trouble that's that's correct and let's, let's go ahead and get to our Davis County Thundercat of the week And I went with Zach Burton. That's why I went ahead and went to the Thunder Catholic. He scored 10 big points. All of his points were big in this game, I thought. Uh, he drew Miller out away from the goal. Now, obviously, you give it to Marsh. Uh, but uh, to me, I thought the X Factor in the game, in the, and like you said, in the run where they got him back in the game, I thought Zach Burton kind of led the charge. And he's the guy, you know, I look at Davis County, and sometimes I see just a little bit of two-man basketball. Obviously, you got Gilmer and Hagen that, that are defensive lockdown specialists. But guy, as far as guys that can hurt you, you see Griff and you see Curry, and that's about it. But Burton is the X Factor. He starts jumping in and getting in double figures. You know, you start putting three teams in double figures for D.C., look out. So, uh, sky's the limit for Davis County. They got some games coming up, some winnable games. I think they're going to add into their already uh, solid record heading forward. But uh, let's go ahead and shift gears now over to uh, my Apollo Eagles. They they traveled over to Evansville and played an Evansville Central team. It's only got one defeat to the number one team in all of Indiana and in Evansville rights. Uh, but uh, the, Apollo led all the way to the, to the end of this game, came up short 69-67, uh, just can't seem to get over the hump versus really good teams right at the end of ball games. They just keep keep giving them away in the fourth quarter. It's a little frustrating, but uh, you can see Trace Young's effect already starting to to take its place on, on this Apollo basketball team. He had 16 points. Uh, we had our guy Indy Kendrick, who uh, is big name on Twitter, um, he uh, he's really well respected in Southern Indiana. He does a lot of scouting on the high school scene, kind of like Donald does for Kentucky. Indy Kendrick does for Southern Indiana basketball over there in Evansville, and uh, he mentioned Trace Young, all the goods. That's what he said. Uh, he really, really giving Trace the props. He also mentioned Caleb Coombs by name, who dominated this game earlier. And he, it's just crazy to me because he's outmatched. Obviously, the kid that it was he was defending was like. 260. I mean, you know, and, and Caleb's going to work. 14 points, 10 boards for the, for Jaws, Caleb Coombs, and then you got Eli Wright pitching in with 13. Two other guys, Wells and, and, and Zach Hopewell, who we've been kind of singing his praises, like to see him get a little bit more time. Uh, I think Cervant was out sick, so Hopewell kind of took his minutes, and he, he did very well. And so Apollo puts five guys in double figures. Uh, it's a key for success for Apollo. We've been talking all along is you need to get them other, you need to find somebody other than Wright. Now they got Trace, obviously, but you got to find some other people to get in double figures, and they did that, but they're just up against uh, a very good Evansville Central team who who took it to them in the fourth quarter. And who, according to the reports I was watching, was getting the benefit of some foul calls down there. I know Jaws got into trouble with some fouls, and uh, Eli was even in foul trouble. Yeah, I got the word on the street that uh, Eli Wright fouls out with about three minutes to go in this game. Wasn't anywhere near the play, uh, 
they call the foul on, on four, 14, and I think they meant to call it on 41 from what I gather. That's what I've been told by several different people that were in attendance. Uh, Barker goes out there and asks the official about it, and he, he got threatened with a technical foul if he didn't get back to the bench. Eli ends up going to the bench with the phantom foul, and that's the end of the ball game, which Eli had just taken Rasheed Bell to the hole twice and scored. That's what I was going to say is maybe the referees were protecting their Southern Indiana boy there. That's what I'm kind of wondering. Uh, you know, I, I was told that Eli just started to get into the, to the rhythm in the fourth quarter. I noticed, you know, I did go over and get to watch him play Brett County. I noticed that you know, Eli obviously is going to draw all the defensive attention, but boy, that really opens up Trace on the other side. And, uh, you know, not that Trace can't get his own. I mean, Trace can get his own. He's really, really, really good. But yeah, just watch his tape from Ohio County last year. Yeah, but you start you start isolating that kid on one side of the court, and Eli's getting all the attention on the other. I mean, it's, he's going to explode. So, and what I was saying, we was talking uh, off the air about it. I think Ben Moss is going to be the one that eventually uh, benefits the most from it once teams figure out they can't play Trace like they're playing him right now. I think Moss has got the handle and the quickness. He's going to be able to get some of those outside jumpers that he's famous for knocking down in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's just a shame, man. <laughs> I mean, this Davis County Apollo matchup, it's going to be one for the ages and one, one really, really, really good team. I mean, you could pretty much throw Davis County and Apollo in a 10 game series in a 10 game and they're going to split it five and five is, is kind of what I'm thinking. They're right there even with each other. But the thing about it is, is they're probably the second best team and then two are the two, two and three, no question in, in the region and, uh, one of those teams is going to be not making the trip to the region. So it's a shame, but it's going to make for a heck, a heck of an atmosphere. And, uh, I look for Apollo to turn the corner. I, I really think they will. Uh, they've kind of been bogged down all season with up and down play, but you know, now they've added Trace Young to the mix. The talent is there. We'll just see how, how it goes going forward. They've got some, some tough games coming up, but we'll get to that a little later. Let's go ahead and get to our Apollo Creed champion of the week. Brought to you by Cobert Painting. Call 270-929-1044. This time you all will see the real Apollo Creed. The whole world's going to see the real Apollo Creed. Lightning fast and hard to catch. No playing, no jiving, just business. I went with Caleb Coombs. 14 points and 10 big rebounds. And you get mentioned by Indy Kendrick. Like Indy Kendrick's talking about you. Of course he's going to talk about Trace. Of course he's going to talk about Eli. He's talking about... The respect he was given to Caleb on, on Twitter and that, that's, that's really, that's really nice to see because it's the guy that we've been singing his, you know, we, we've been singing his praises for two years now and then the, he gets the big spread in the MI, which is great. And now Kendrick's talking about him. It's good to see a kid that's a, a great kid like him and a hard worker like him starting to get the attention that he deserves. So good to see people catching up too. That's right. It is. You watch, you watch, if you watch the games, you, you can't miss him. I mean, the kid brings his lunch pail and hard hat every time out and, you, you know, we'll be talking about Zach Hopewell in a few years. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, we were talking about him back in the day. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, we were, we were begging to get him some playing time last year. Uh, but yeah, I think Apollo turned the corner. They, you know, it sucks to lose all these close games, but Evansville Central is going to beat 90% of the teams in the third region. So I thought they, I thought they showed really well on the road. So uh, we'll move it on right now to Owensboro Catholic, who, Quite frankly, just haven't played a lot lately. Uh, they've they've been hampered by weather. They've been hampered by uh, a loss in the very first game of the All A to Edmondson County, which is a head scratcher. Uh, the Sharpshooters come into the Sports Center and play the role of the heel. It's like uh, the old school Anvil, Bret Hart, Jimmy Hart days when they were just rolled up in there and just healed it out. And it was and, like if Owen Hart would have just squashed Bret Hart at WrestleMania ten. It, it's almost like that, and. Uh, 
you know, poor Cali, they've been up against it. I mean, guys missing from the team and then injuries. And I don't know, I didn't see Ray Zuber in the stat sheet in this Edmondson County game. So, you know, obviously you're missing Cam, you're missing Zub, you're missing Jansen Ronnie. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I don't know what more you expect. Coach Hayden just really had his work cut out for him over there. He's still be making the team competitive. They only lost this game by four points. But Luke Payne showed out 17 points, nine rebounds. He did make the uh, the All-A uh, tournament team. Let's go ahead and get to our Gambit's Ace of the Week. Brought to you by St. Maximilian Kobe Catholic Book and Give. Call 270-689-9485. I guess I spoiled it a little bit. Luke Payne's going to be our Gambit's Ace of the Week. Uh, 17 points and 9 boards versus Edmondson. They just haven't had many games to talk about. It seems like we've done a couple shows now where uh, Catholics hadn't played, so it's just kind of odd. They've only had like two games in the past two or two or three weeks, so it's it's very strange. But they'll be back in action. We'll get to the, the games they have coming up a little bit later. I think they have a couple games coming up this week. Uh, but keep it on the topic of all A, and we got to talk about our good friends over in uh, Hancock County as the Hancock County Hornets are the third region All-A champions for the boys' division. Uh, they defeated Cloverport 65-59 to in the opening round. Uh, Nick Smith was game but couldn't quite get his uh, aces over the hump. And then you had the Whitesville-Trinity game where Hancock showed out 65-39 in the W in the semis. And then uh, they had a huge lead over Edmondson, but the sharpshooters rallied. Uh, they had that uh, face comeback. They went, they went face and, and came back with the five moves of doom, but it wasn't quite enough. That baby face comeback. That's right. Hancock thwarted the baby face comeback with the roll up, held the tights, and got the win. Forty nine, forty six. Quick count at the sharpshooters. <laughs> That's right. They had their own referee. I think Stu Hart was the. Uh, it was the evil twin of Earl Hebner. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That's right. And uh, now now Hancock County is representing on the biggest stage uh, of the All-A. They're going to be going to the All-A state championship. Representing on, such a, championship. representing on such a big level that Hancock County schools are out for that day. That's awesome <laughs> that the school board let the whole school system out so they can go support the Hornets. That's Hornet pride right there. That is Hornet pride. We got called out on Twitter, too, by Hornet Nation. For you wearing your Owensboro hoodie to the to the Owensboro-Davis County game. You're like, well, it would be okay if you just wear a Hornet pride shirts to the guy like well i think we're ordered yep, we've hornet actually pride. got them ordered so in your face so how about that we'll show we, we'll show some hornet pride for absolutely. sure absolutely i mean we we, uh, we, we got mentioned the davis county student section who didn't appreciate the owens little shirt either uh, they turned around they yelled for me to come yeah. take their picture and then whenever i was taking their picture they'll turn their back to me which i think was awesome too yeah. that's a great that's gr that's a great rivalry thing right absolutely. there i respect that for sure no question it's, it's a lot of fun we have a lot of fun with it but uh yeah hancock county's closing school i mean these kids get the, hey take the day off we're going to uh all a state we're going to face newport central catholic Who's ranked, I think, sixth in, it's gonna be in, rough. in the state. It's going to be a little rough game, but hey, uh, you know, live it up and enjoy the trip because, uh, you know, it, it, I know it's all A and some people might scoff at that, but hey, it's, it, you know, it's a big deal. All A, all A is, uh, is good for these small schools. It really is. And it gets you on a state, uh, level stage there and get you out of school again. It gets you out of school. So most importantly, if you're a student at Hancock County, go find Garrett Pate and uh, Ty Ogle and shake their hands. The thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, congratulations, the Hancock County Hornets, uh, third region, all a champions, uh, moving on right now to me. County who's having a great year. They defeated North Oldham 75 to 66. Uh, Was there a Hail Mary? 
Yeah, well, I don't know. North Oldham is still feeling the sting uh, from the Hail Mary game, but uh, me gets the job done. They get back on the winning track. I know that you know they were ranked near the top of our uh, top. Well, I say R at the top of David Clark's poll for for a long time, and you can't really uh, you couldn't really say much about it because the record. I mean, they were backing it up. They were winning every everybody they put in front of them. They were knocking them down, but they got into a little tough stretch there. They're back on the winning track now with the win over North Oldham. And uh, a team that did defeat Meade earlier, I think uh, late last week, is the Muhlenberg County Mustangs as they defeat uh, the Ohio County Eagles. Who's Ohio County, man, they're just having a rough, rough year over in Ohio County. Oh, I mean, I've been watching high school basketball since I was about five years old, and I believe this is maybe the worst Ohio County, the worst year for Ohio County basketball. Uh, four and 15 on the year. Coach Briggins has lost two D1 recruits now. Uh, which is going to bring me to a topic before I, before we take a break. I don't want to forget to talk about it, but, uh, Muhlenberg County gets to win 66 46 in a big, big district game, uh, cause Muhlenberg County, they're 10 and 10, uh, but don't sleep on the Stangs because, uh, Knopfsinger's got 17 in this one. Uh, he's, he's, he, well, I, I, I take that back. Hunter Knopfsinger was out. This is Will Knopfsinger. Yeah. That's yeah. a little, that's Slim Shady, hey. Slim Shady Jr. right yeah. there. Yeah. Will Knopfsinger and McElwain had 14 in this game. Uh, Muhlenberg's got some talent and they, they've been playing without their best player and they're still winning. Uh, Hunter Knopfsinger's nursing, I think, a bad ankle. Yeah, we get updates from, uh, Mama Knopfsinger yeah. letting us know, which we appreciate because, I mean, that's a, that's a huge game changer whenever your leader isn't on the floor. Yeah, no, absolutely, you know, and, uh, kind of ruined the, uh, Owensboro Muhlenberg game when, uh, Justin Miller was out from the flu, and then Slim Shady wasn't able to play because of the ankle. It really did. And a lot of people were like, well, he can't make up 40 points. Well, maybe not, but it changes the entire dynamic of the team when you take away a kid like uh, Knopfsinger. I mean, you think about taking him out of the third region championship last year, what that game would have looked like. I yeah, I think he made up 40 in that game. I think, you, I think he might have been worth about 40 in that game. So uh, Tony Hopper, man, I mean, bottom line is that's my guy, and uh, we all know he can get the job done. He's doing – doing a great job they played as tough a schedule as anybody over in muhlenberg and uh, this sets up a huge what i want to get to is it sets up a huge matchup with mclean county uh on february the 6th and the reason why it's huge is because the winner uh gets the number one seed in, in that district in the 10th district number one seed gets an automatic buy into the region uh, they punch their ticket and get to walk right into the region unlike the ninth district who has ridiculous first round games no matter where you go uh, this, this is going to be decided on February the 6th. Somebody's going to be punching their ticket to region. And McLean County hadn't been in a long time. They haven't been in a very long time. So it's, it's huge to them. So unfortunately, I mean, I was like, I'm going to go watch that game. I'm going to go over to McLean and I'm going to watch Muhlenberg and McLean duke it out to see who goes to regional. But that's the same night as Apollo and Owensboro. So I, I don't think I can make the trip. It's a shame because I was, I was pumped. I was like, when's this game taking place? I'm going to go. No, I can't. Because it's Owensboro and Apollo, and I definitely can't miss that. But uh, while we were on the topic, uh, uh, Ohio County lost another another really good player in the uh, Callaway kid, and uh, he, he's first round or a, a Division One uh, prospect, and, and he's, he's off the team now. And that's the second player that Ohio County's lost. And I get all these people on Kentucky Preps, and uh, I get Clark texting me. I wanted Clark to be here so we could discuss this. And the last time I tried to discuss the Trace Young thing, uh, he wasn't here either. So it's like I'm dodging him. He's avoiding it. Yeah, I, 
I, he, it sounds like that I'm trying to bring it up because he's not here so I can talk trash about it. But I'm sick to death of these people talking trash about Apollo, picking up these players and recruiting and whatnot. And and it just, you know, you go on Kentucky Preps, it's just a cesspool of, of guys who spend their life running kids down because they, they're transferring from program to program or whatever. I mean, nobody knows what's going on over Ohio County. For all you know, you know. And if the, if the, if the kid wants to come over and play for Apollo – I mean, maybe maybe he wants to come with Trace Young. Do you think Apollo's out recruiting the kid? I mean, it just it it drives me wild because I mean, what are they? What is what does does a high school kid have to gain from changing schools? Like, what is what are? It's not like college where I mean, here's uh, a new car or here's uh, you know a van load full of hookers or whatever or you know it's not like that. It's not like we're we're giving money under the table and we're giving these kids you know. These kids are having to move into, into the Apollo district. They're having to uproot their family to move over here. And you got these guys talking trash about, well, Apollo, the, their whole entire roster is made up of kids that didn't even go to their school. Eli Wright and, and Ben Moss. And, you know, they're from, they're Owensboro kids. And I, that's another thing is just, it's about, I, I sit up in the Owensboro stands and I've heard, I heard it from about 15 Owensboro people up there. And I just want to be like, just shut up, man. I mean, seriously, I man. You kidding me? Then I then I bring up Justin Miller, uh, you, you know, coming from Ohio County, and and I got no problem with that. I, I'm not I'm not bringing that up to say, well, you guys shouldn't have Justin Miller. I'm just bringing it up to say, hey, it, it goes both ways. And then they're like, well, Miller, he has family. Our boy Rodney Collar came from Apollo last year I on mean, the football squad. Like oh, he, you know, they're like that's a, that's a, that's the go to though. They're like, oh Miller, he's a, he's Owensboro all the way, so that doesn't even count. And I'm like, but Ben Moss is Apollo. He went to Apollo. Ben Moss Senior. His son's Ben Moss, and obviously he's going to bring Ben Moss to Apollo. I and mean, he played on Miss, uh, but he's also Eli Wright's guardian. So I mean that in the way it's 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 kind of the same thing. So I mean, if and they're talking about Marshall Marsh uh, Griffin doing the same thing, like. Uh, you know, moving from OMS to, to to DC, and it's like it was the best thing for him, in my opinion. I mean, he wouldn't be putting up the numbers and getting the recognition and the looks from colleges that he is right now. And that's what I said whenever Trace made the decision. If you're an adult sitting at home hating on a kid for changing schools to improve his chances of fulfilling his dream to go somewhere and play college basketball, you just need to find a life for yourself and quit hating on these kids. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not just, and it's not just, I don't, I mean, it's not just the kids. They're like acting like, well, Apollo will accept him because they, they offer, they open every kid with open arms. And it's like, I got news for all you Owensboro fans out there. And I, I give Owensboro all the credit in the world in this first segment. You go back and listen to it. But I'm sick to death of these Owensboro fans whining and crying around about how they're losing kids from their, from their system and how they're not getting any transfers. I got news for you. Trace Young comes knocking on Owensboro's front door a couple weeks ago. Y'all are letting him in. Y'all are rolling out the red carpet for him and you're treating him to whatever he needs. We're getting him on the basketball team ASAP. There ain't a school in the third region. There's not a school not in the state that'll do that. No. He's a top ranked sophomore in the state. Who, what's team not going to let that kid play? And I don't know what they think though. Like what do you think Apollo's out at these other schools, uh, just scouting other kids to, to bring into our system at Apollo? It's, it's, it's absolutely absurd. I mean, it happens everywhere. I mean, uh, it happened. Look at Owensboro Catholic Softball. Owensboro Catholic Softball is built on girls from other schools. As a matter of fact, there's a girl that's going there this year and more power to her. The fact of the matter is, is that, uh, if that's where she feels like she could be the most successful or if that's where, a kid feels like Rodney Collier. He's not getting any looks. Look, 
If he played football at Apollo this year, he might have caught 20 balls and nobody would have ever known his name. Yet he transfers to Owensboro and on the biggest stage of them all at the state best championship the game, he's the best player on the field and everybody knows his name. And, and that's the best thing for that kid. And I got no beef with him transferring out of that program. And it's not that Owensboro doesn't have a winning program. I mean, they have a great program. That's why I can't understand. How, how does it benefit a kid like Ben Moss or Eli Wright to leave OHS and go to Apollo? You know, I don't understand. Keep your kids. Figure out a way to keep your kids. It's on you. If, you, if you're letting those kids get out of your program, it ain't Apollo's fault. Cause I, if you've got talent coming knocking on the door, you're not going to turn them away. You're not, oh, well, no, nah, you need to stay at OHS. No. You're going to be like, come on. Come on with it. You know, but I think in Owensboro case, they've got so much talent that they can't use it all. I mean, look at the talent they've got. I mean, Shamari Morton left and went to Catholic because he couldn't get enough touches. And look at that guy. Every time he touched the ball, he scored a touchdown for Catholic this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's. The, I mean, they do have a lot. They have a lot of athletic talent. I mean, yes. If you put Eli Wright and Marshall Griffith on uh, on OHS, and uh, God, I don't even know what might happen. You know, they they could be nationally ranked, but or they could have not played as much floor time as they have playing at Davis County and Apollo, and they could be not the players that they are today. You never know how it would have went. You, you really don't know how it would have went. You really don't. And I get. I'm just tired of hearing about Eli and Ben being OHS. OHS because they ain't OHS. They were OMS, but they never stepped foot in OHS as a student. So they're not OHS. They might have played. I went to city schools when I was a kid, but I'm Apollo through and through and through. Uh, it just is what it is. And, and it, it's not, the funny thing is they only want to talk about it with Eli and Ben, but there's several, I mean, hundreds of kids that go to Burns that end up going to OHS or there's, you know, D- Davis County Middle or College View. They go to OHS. You know, it's just, it's not just, these athletes here and there, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just a tired argument. And Apollo's the evil empire. And I guess if we just gonna keep recruiting, you know, what? I can't even imagine if these these kid these fans or so whatever they are that sit around. You know, that's what I am. I mean, I, I'm knock them, but and these guys that sit around and talk about it. You know, through and through every day, if they were up in Louisville and you know you got these kids moving from school to school every year, or down in Hoptown where Hoptown just took three kids off University Heights across town, and now Hoptown, you know, they continue their tradition. You know, it, it's not just around here. I mean, it's it's everywhere. AAU has has kind of instilled that in these kids. I think that, you know, you play with certain kids here or there, you're going to want to play with them in high school. So I just think that's that's the way it is these days, and if you don't like it, uh need to you know, find another sport to watch. I think you should just embrace the evil empire theme and uh, <laughs> take your uh, pink Darth Vader mask that you was sending cabinets in, spray paint it blue, start wearing it to the games. I would embrace it if we could win, but unfortunately, OHS is is going to be the team you know to beat. So, uh, and they'll be crying, you know, they'll be mocking Eli and Ben whenever they 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 beat them, or you know, or they'll be crying about it when Ben and Eli and Trace lose. If Ben, Eli, and Trace knock OHS off in a regional championship game, you're not going to get a handshake from any OHS fan. You're going to get, well, if they wouldn't have had Trace transfer in midseason and cheat like they do over there at Apollo, then and they never would have beat us. And that's what you're going to get. So I think you'll it's a lose-lose situation. You'll get that from like 10% of Owensboro fans. I think you're 
I think like Tampa, a lot more. Ten percent are saying that on Facebook and all the all the sites and things like that. The other ninety percent of OHS fans are pretty respectable fans, and I mean they even support like on our on our uh, Homer's page, which is this, or on our uh, Homer's Facebook page, which is dominated by Owensboro people. They always show love. I know they got love for all the all the uh, other schools and things like that. They always give love to Marsh Griff, even though he's not playing for Owensboro anymore. So I think a lot of them still respect that it's kids' decision and know that. It's the kid's decision, and it's not. It's not like Apollo paid enough to Trace Young for him to uproot his family and yeah. move into Owensboro. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's some like blue chip stuff from that old yeah. Shaq movie back in the days. Yeah. It is, and it's absurd, and it's, it's just. Eating I think at they me. walked in like on um like Matt Nover on that movie, and Trace uh, requested fifty thousand dollars in ones, and then they they moved into Owensboro or an Apollo area with that money. No, it ain't going down like that. That's what I'm saying. They're like, oh well, Ben Moss. Ben Moss Sr. got him over here, and I'm like, they're acting like he's how? Tu- they're acting like he's Tupac from above he, the rim. What's he done? <laughs> he's birdie. What's he, Donald Trump? And just throwing money? Come on over here, Trace. I'll get you an apartment, and I'll, you know, come on, man. Let's use logic for a little bit and sit, st- just take a step back and think about it. He came over here because he plays AAU ball with those kids, and he wanted to play with them at Apollo because he w- it wasn't working out for him in Ohio County. And this kid's got a Division One future. And the fact of the matter is, if it ain't working out where you're at, you need to do the best thing for your future, which is going to help your college. And come on, I mean, it is what it is. At the end of the day, he's at Apollo, and we'll see what happens. But I'm just tired of all the hate. So I had to get that off my chest. I, I wish Clark was here because it could have been a good debate. We might have to talk about it uh, as we go forward. But let's go ahead and get to commercial break because I'm tired of rambling on about the topic. So when we come back, we'll have Kenny the Snake Stabler joining us in the studio with the top five girl. We're also going to have top five girls, uh, third region team, have the uh, third region rundown and some uh, action coming up for this week for all the teams. So stay with us on the Homers podcast. Who's hot, who not? Tell me who got cool sell out in the stores. You tell me who pop, who cop the blue drop, who juice got pop, who mostly go to down to the blue top. The same old pimp. Whether you want to paint it black and red or Apollo Eagle Blue, be sure and contact our sponsor for Apollo High School Athletics, Colbert Painting at 68 Colonial Court. Dial 270-929-1044. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, it's always a slam dunk with the Vanover team at Greater Owensboro Realty. Contact them at 270-315-0354 for everything they touch. There's the seller. This is Stephen A. Turner, voice of the Owensboro Catholic Aces football team. We want to give a big shout-out to our Owensboro Catholic Athletic sponsor, St. Maximilian Colby Brook and Gift at 111 East 18th Street. Dial 270-689-9485. Who let the dogs out? Wendella's Canine Cafe on 727 Beachfield Road is the place to spoil your four-legged friends. With treats, clothing, cat and dog nail trims, and more, ask about cat and dog kenneling and obedience classes. Contact Wendella's Canine Cafe at 270-316-5324. Come out and play. I know he has a good reason, Greg. 
Welcome back to the Homers Podcast. Before we get to the three-point stance, i got to correct myself. I said the Callaway kid from Ohio County left. It was Connor Wilson. I always get him mixed up. Connor Wilson's a sophomore guard. He's going to be transferring, I'm assuming, because he's a D1 prospect. He is just a sophomore. Wanted to correct myself there, but now it's time to get into the three-point stance. Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. It's a magic number. And a very special edition for Super Bowl week kicking off is we got Kenny the Snake Stabler checking in with us. Our hey, form- hey, baby! Former Displaced Diehards correspondent, if you listen to uh, Displaced Diehards back in the day, it's where we got our starts. So we had to bring the Snake in, one of our favorites back on the back in the day. Don't call it a comeback, baby! Kenny the Snake! It's not the Diehards no more, baby, but it's the, the Homers! What happened to you guys? We had to get into a little bit of uh, regional coverage, Kenny. We, we we was national back in the day when we had big names like you on the show, but we had to go to a regional program once. Uh, we lost you and uh, Aaron Hernandez and Ricky Williams and things like that. Yeah, Kenny needed a break, baby. It was a long season last year. But you dust me off and get me right back in the saddle. I'm ready to rock, baby. What do you got? Yeah, we ran the snake into the dirt last year. I think we even had him uh, promoting uh, Terry Pollard's uh sports massage at one point so we he still owes me twenty dollars terry pollard you better pay up i'll find you on facebook baby i know where you're at good luck he owes us 750 we're gonna go ahead and keep it positive here and start the three-point stance what's your favorite third region quarterback from last year kenny we let you uh, watch some of the tapes we had some really good third region quarterbacks uh you had rasco at apollo and uh you had, of course, Bashar, the young sophomore at Davis County, Zuber with 55 touchdowns leading the state, and the uh, consummate leader, Nick Locker, over at Owensboro. Yeah, you did, baby. You had a lot of good quarterbacks right around here. And uh, I'll tell you what, the good thing about Friday Night Lights is, is it's the beginning of the weekend, so Kenny's fresh. You know, by Sunday morning, I'd miss, I wouldn't jump into the action until about 445. I'd be hungover. It'd be a long weekend for the snake. Rough I'd, Saturday. Yeah, I'd miss a lot of the action. You know, y'all had me doing Sunday Night Football reports. That was right in my wheelhouse. Because I was just getting out of bed, baby, right about Sunday night football. But Friday night lights is more right where I need to be because that's the beginning of the weekend. I got to see some of these kids. You know, when you talked about Bashar, the kid has amazing upside, has a little bit of snake in him, you know, because he, he looks real good. He's got size, got a good arm. But I got to go Ray Zuba, you know, 55 touchdowns. That's a, You know, that's, that's, that's hard numbers. to overlook. That's snake numbers right there. It is, you know, Ray Zuber, he, he, he's the guy going forward, but if you really want to break it down and you want to talk about a kid that shows up in big games just like the snake, it's got to be Nick Locker, baby. He showed up on the biggest stage of them all at the state tournament. Looks real good. I like Nick Locker. I'm about to go number one, Nick Locker. Ray Zuber, it's your time next year, though. And just like they said on SportsCenter, way to go, Nick Locker. Moving on to number two now. Big controversy going into Super Bowl week. Did you ever deflate your balls like Tom Brady? The snake don't know nothing about deflated balls, baby. The snake likes his balls real big, like 12.5 pounds PSI big. You know what I'm talking about? Don't know nothing about no deflated balls. The snake can throw a shot put out there and put it on the wide receiver. Eight-pound shot put, throw it over mountains. You have to ask Cynthia over there at the at the lucky lady about the snakes. Uh, now nah, let's go. It's a it's a high school show. Let's go ahead and get the question number three, baby. Moving on to number three now. What's your Super Bowl prediction, Snake? Well, it's, it's tough. You know, when you're looking at the Super Bowl, you're looking at NFL football. The first thing you look about is quarterbacks, and maybe a lot of people think Tom Brady is the man in big games. He, but 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 he's lost a couple in a row. You know who hasn't lost any big games at all in his career? Who's that, Snake? 
Russell Wilson, baby, just like the snake. The snake never lost a big game in his life. And Russell Wilson mirrors that. I'm going Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, baby. Uh, they pulled off a miracle versus the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to say they keep it alive. Marshawn Lynch grabs his crotch 13 more times. And the, the Seahawks, baby, are going to be winning the Super Bowl. Write it down. The snake told you so. You can take that to the bank because the snake, my friend, is never wrong. It's great being here. Thanks for having me. You got to bring me back more often. We'll have you back at the beginning of football season next year. You'll probably break down uh, some of the game game film, maybe and talk to the coaches, Snake. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Key, the Snake Stable, pulling him out of retirement. And getting him back on the show, um, he's kind of like those KWC players that Ray Harper used to bring in. You know, you'd you'd bring in a big name from like Arizona or whatnot. You bring him into town, let him play a little little basketball, and then they, they never leave Owensboro. It's kind of what happened with the Snake. We brought him in to thank, be our correspondent. He just never left. And thank God he didn't bring up Drunk Bernie because that stuff got brutal last year on the Displaced Diehards. I was waiting for it. Uh, we got to get. Maybe we should have them in a and maybe like a debate. A debate. That'd yeah, be awesome. Debate about uh, high school football and. Uh, he made a good point, though, about Friday night, a little more fresh on Friday than he would. We usually drag him out on Sundays. Drag him out of the dumpster at Golden Corral. <laughs> he was, he was, Snake was a little Partying rough. with Bernie. We're going to switch gears now back to uh, basketball, girls basketball right now. You, you want to talk a little bit about Becca Greenwell coming off a huge performance versus North Carolina ranked, I think 15 or 12. Uh, the Tar, Lady Tar Heels and Becca Greenwell leads Duke to victory. Yeah, double double her fifth of the year. That's his uh, freshman record for Duke, which is a storied, uh, tradition there for women's basketball 14 and 14 there uh i mean just watching her on the court she's a leader already and she's young in her career uh, i hope that people from around here are appreciating that i mean you had a you had a player from this area on espn2 last night in the duke ucn unc rivalry right. which is the best rivalry in college sports and in one my of the opinion. best players on the floor and it was only the fifth time that that rivalry had ever went into overtime and and a player from owensboro catholic was on the court so i mean if you're sleeping on it just Wake up and start support. I mean, I know it's Duke and all the Kentucky right, fans around yeah. here hate supporting and anything Duke, but it's Duke. It's women's Duke basketball. It's right. not like you're supporting Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley in that era or even Mike Sashevsky. You're supporting the former it's still Lady a stretch. Ace. I think it's still a stretch, but you got to support Becca. Uh, man, I tell you what, I used to go watch her play and she, she was better than most of the boys in the area back then. Uh, she could play for any boys team in this area. She's very tough and had a couple unfortunate knee injuries, but she's kind of like AP. She ain't letting the knee injuries bother her one bit. I mean, she's out there balling away and, uh, she's just a freshman. I mean, that's uh, that's the crazy part. By the time this girl, she's she's gonna play WNBA basketball. No, no question. Probably gonna win the uh, freshman of the year in the ACC. There, no doubt, no doubt. And right now, that's gonna bring us to our high school third region girls top five, which has got a little bit of shakeup. I had to go back to. It. I was thinking, well, the girls haven't played that much, so I'm probably gonna stick with the same top five I put on Twitter. I'm not. I'm gonna change it up. We'll go right off the jump number five this week with the Green Waves from Meade County. The Lady Waves are 12 and 6 coming off a loss. Uh, big game that happened over the, uh, over the weekend. They come up a little short versus my number four team who is with a bullet. Number four with a bullet. Keep an eye on this team. Breckenridge County Lady Tigers sitting at 13 and 6 led by Lily Grimes, who's averaging 20 points and like nine boards. She's right there with Janaya Hall. 
uh, as far as averages go. And this chick's the real deal, folks. I mean, Breckenridge County has won 10 out of their last 11 ball games, and that one loss of those 11 uh, came to our number one team, Grayson County, in overtime. So Breckenridge County is getting it together, and this is a team, to me, that's ready to make some noise. Heading, they're, they're heading in the right direction come March. And so we'll see if they can keep keep the march alive third region tournament is going to be fun it is on, the girls side. on both sides is going to be that's the best time and unfortunately for me i got me scheduled for out-of-town training uh i'm so sick about it man you can't even imagine i try not to even think about it i just cross that bridge when i get there but i pray that i can see it and if not i'll have to watch it online and that's gonna that's gonna kind of suck but. you can follow the coverage at the homers 1027 on twitter i can i guarantee i probably will be uh, texting you every two seconds for updates but uh the lady tigers are a team on the move and you know what they're they got some twitter buzz too we got some people out there in twitter land saying hey Keep an eye on the Lady Tigers. I said, guys, I got this. You know, I'm moving them up. They weren't even in the rankings. They went to five. Now they're at four, working their way up. They could have been at three because my number three team, the Davis County Lady Panthers, said it's 16 and six, and they almost let one get away from them. Uh, the Owensboro game uh, hit a three right at the buzzer to keep them alive, and the, the Lady Panthers won two games last week. OHS probably shouldn't have won that game. But that's what good teams do. They find ways to win when they shouldn't, and they beat the Lady Devils. That was a great game, too. We got there in the second half, and that the action was – I mean, there was there was uh, breakouts on the floor to get the loose balls. It looked like uh, Caleb Coombs and uh, Justin Miller out there battling. I'll tell you what, yeah, the, uh, Coach Andy Groves over at OHS. I was talking to Clark about this. He's doing a phenomenal job over there. Uh, Wesley Washington, yeah, legit. Yeah, OHS is turning that program around. The girls over there, and they, they, you know, that for a while they've been a la- I'm, not, I'm just going to say it as it is. They've been a laughing stock for the last few years, not winning hardly any games, two or three games here or there. It's unacceptable at Owensboro, and uh, Andy Groves is taking that program, and he's got them going in the right direction. And they're not going to be. That's, they're going to face Owensboro Catholic in the first round of district, and you keep your eyes. On that, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm just saying that that game's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I think, and the OHS has really got it together, heading in the right direction. But yeah, I was just going to say I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up pulling off a first round upset because I mean Davis County's a great team and they hung right with them and oh, yeah. uh, took them to overtime. And in overtime, uh, Wesley was fouled out, so they didn't have right. their best player on the floor even. Yeah, that's a big that's a big loss, and I think uh, Sawwester for uh, Davis County had fouled out a lot of a lot of. Kids stepping up for Davis County that, that, you know, normally don't get playing time. So it happened on both sides of the ball. Very entertaining ball game. So, uh, we'll move it on now to the number two team, the aforementioned Owensboro Catholic Lady Aces sitting at 14 and six. Uh, they, the good news for Owensboro Catholic is they just won their 10th straight all a girls championship. We made a big deal about it for the Hancock County boys and they hadn't been in a long time. I think since 2000, Hancock County. Uh, Catholic's been every year since 2005. So. Just an everyday thing for the Lady Aces. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when you win it that much, maybe it gets a little watered down. It's still a big deal, folks. They beat Edmondson County. They beat McLean. They beat Hancock. Uh, Catholic girls getting it done. I tell you what, this team started the year not looking like they should. And then uh, Coach Michael Robertson's really got them together. They're playing good basketball right now. And I know they're ranked, too, because they have to be. Grayson beat them. Uh, and that's just how it is. The Grayson's got the better record. They're going to be the number one team at 15 and four. They've won nine region game, nine and one in the region. Grayson County is your number one team. But 
That being said, come tournament time, I think in the back of everybody's mind, I think the team to beat is going to be I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I, I think Morgan Turner might have a oh, little yeah. bit to say about that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's just like Ric Flair. What's he say? To be the man, man, you got to beat the man. On the on the lady side, it's the same thing. To be the woman, you got to beat the woman. Right now, Morgan Turner's the woman. And who's the only team to beat Grayson County in this in the region? Me County. There you go. And I, so you know, I know they're sitting at five. They lost to Breck. You know, they lost to Breck in the in the district last year. We heard all about it. She breaks the trophy against the wall. The rest is history. They don't lose another game. So that's what I was going to say. Uh, that something hasn't been broken yet. <laughs> Wait for that to happen in the round tournament time. Love it because this thing is wide open, folks. I mean, you might not, you might not be able to wrap your mind around it, but with the girls teams that aren't ranked right now, like uh, Muhlenberg, they can make noise. Bailey Harney down there, freshman, phenomenal player. Me- Muhlenberg's got a great team. We'll probably see them. Uh, we're, I'm 99% sure we're going to see them at region, barring a major upset. Uh, I think they'll be able to punch their ticket to go to region without even having to play a game and then apollo too don't sleep on the egals because uh they've got they've had some injuries on that team but they've got girls getting healthy they get roads back i think that's a different team yeah absolutely but and also you've got to think that you've seen what apollo boys sides trying to do with all the talent they've got trying to overcome the loss of sam Sargent and uh key leaders like that last year uh the egals lost uh sarah smith who was yeah. basically their Senior leader, leader point guard and uh Sydney also was a big time big time big big senior losses there and uh, they got an eighth grader though the Shelton kid who put 24 points on Catholic so she, while they're out they've got other girls starting to step in coach Orlando Johnson come tournament time that game Apollo and Davis County we talked about Owensboro and uh and Catholic being a big one that we saw an, an epic district game last year between those two so the bottom line is Bottom line is, if you got Janaea Hall on your team, you've got a chance to Absolutely. win. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she could go off for 30 and 15 rebounds and carry you to a win against anybody in the region. Yeah, in my book right now, at this very moment, and Lily Grimes is right there, don't get me wrong, but right now I think, uh, I mean, I'm gonna ha- I'm, I've got to say Janaea is probably a third region player of the year. Now, if Brett keeps surging the way they are, you can't, you can't deny winning, so uh, Lily Grimes is gonna be right there. And Maddie Stewart as well. Maddie, yeah, oh yeah, and they're the, you know, they're ranked up there, and Morgan Turner, I mean, just, we talked about this all along. Phenomenal talent on both sides, boys and girls. Tournaments right around the corner, and we just love building it up until then. But um, right now, we'll go ahead and get over to the third region rundown. Clark's not here; he, he's too busy slacking off to to get over here and give us his top ten. But I did want to talk a little bit about the teams just quickly, and we, we've been rambling on here and there. But uh, obviously, the Owensboro Red Devils are sitting uh, right there at seventeen and two. Uh, the only two losses they have are to Dawson, Wayne County, and the King of the Blue Grass. games that they were close to winning, yeah, I they're, might add. They're the teams. Really, I wanted to talk about the outside teams. I mean, you got, I think, uh, Davis County's obviously the second-best team at 14-5. and five. Uh, They've got the win over Henderson, which is massive. Should have beat Bowling Green, let them off the hook. Let them off the hook. Yeah, absolutely. Denny Green let them off the hook. Paul is only sitting at 11-9. and nine. They've had a ridiculous schedule. You look at the top uh 15 20 teams in the Lichtinghouse ratings Apollo's played about five six of them they also beat one of them in Perry County Central uh so they've had some tough losses very late I mean three losses could have went the other direction you you change those uh two-point losses in the wins and Apollo's record looks a lot better last loss comes with Eli on the bench for foul trouble so I mean you got to take that into account as well absolutely and then and then you talk about Owensboro Catholic who's almost just gets a you know, when your kid gets a report card and they haven't re- 
They haven't even made all their assignments yet. They're getting an incomplete. They're getting an eye. They're getting an eye. I mean, Owensboro Catholic's getting an eye. I mean, Jansen Ronnie's out. Ray Zuber's missing a game. Cameron O'Brien hadn't played all season hardly. And like, and like we were saying, with Apollo trying to replace their point guard, they haven't had theirs all year almost. And when they have had him, he didn't look like the same guy. No, no. And, uh, you know, I hope when he comes back, he is the same guy because it's just a different dynamic altogether uh, for Coach Hayden. I think when Catholic is dead dog healthy, and, and I think the four ninth district teams are the four best teams. I mean, I think you got to throw Muhlenberg in the mix. Uh, but I think those are the – Right there, where what you're looking at, probably the best teams. He might not have all the colleges looking at him and all the AAU buzz or anything like that, but I'm not. I'm not willing to say that Ed Carter isn't the best player in the region right now. I've seen him go head to head against Hallman. I've seen him go head to head against Eli twice now, and I'm not sure that Ed Carter wasn't the best player on the court both of those games. The reason why he doesn't is because his size. I mean, he's just he's too small to play that spot in D, at a D1 school. Period. I mean, yeah, he plays so much bigger than he is on a high school level. I mean, you would. You look at him playing, you think he was closer to a uh, Trace Young size than what he actually is. I mean, oh, he yeah. plays way bigger, and he does have a nice wingspan for his height, probably four or five inches longer than his actual height. No question. And he's a kid that, man, he goes out there and just – you talk about Caleb Coombs, same type of player. I mean, lunch, pail, hard hat every time out. He's had that team on his hey, back hard. this year. No, Mr. Oh, Zuber. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, he's had had no choice to. Uh, you go down the list. You talk, I talked about Muhlenberg being at ten and ten, uh, so they're sitting right there. I, I just I'm partial to Muhlenberg because they have Tony Hopper as their coach. I mean, the guy just pulls magic out of his hat come tournament time. Always, I've seen him take several Apollo teams to regional championships that had no business being there. I saw him do it again last year with Muhlenberg. The guy just finds ways to win when it matters. I think that's why I put them at the top because Grayson County's sitting there with a phenomenal record at fifteen and five. Uh, they have a couple. Lo- what hurts them in my eyes is the two losses uh, to the two better teams on their schedule in Apollo and Owensboro. I thought n- neither neither game was really in doubt. So Calf- speaking of that, Catholic and Grayson just got got canceled for snow this past week. So that was an actual match I was wanting to see. Oh, no, uh, a good measuring stick. The Eagles and our number one Lady Cougars were also going to yeah. play. That would have been another good game. Bad, crappy snow, but. Uh, me County is right there, eleven and six. You got Breckenridge County, who I got to see firsthand, was very impressed by. They have good length, they have some good shooters. P- Coach Patrick Critchlow does a good job over there. And we're talking about some teams you might see in the regional tournament. Uh, and then you go down the list of the more disappointing teams, and you're looking at Ohio County at four and fifteen. We touched on a little bit losing the talent they've lost, letting it get out the door, and it's just gone south for them over in Ohio County. Probably the worst season that I've ever seen in Ohio County. Team yeah, if you're have. Ohio County and you lose two possible Division One recruits, that's a bad year. Yeah, bad year. I mean, you're talking about losing Justin Miller as a sophomore. You lose Trace Young as a sophomore. I mean, it's just the trend continues <laughs> in Ohio County. It's not a good trend either. Uh, a team that I look to, though, uh, to get into the region for the first time in a while, they're sitting at 7-9. and nine. Uh, Coach Barker did leave the program, but he left it in pretty good shape with uh, Will Hudson and companies. McLean County, team to keep your eye on going forward. Hopefully, I'm, I'm pulling for the Cougars to get in because it's been so, so long. McLean County reminds me of that scrappy team like Hancock County was last year, led by a lot of senior leadership and things like that. And I mean, you can't, you can't ever teach, you can't ever teach talent what it is opposed to being on the floor like these guys have been. I mean, you might have more talented sophomores and juniors on the team, but these guys are seniors and have played on the same team since they came up in sixth grade. Absolutely. And before we moving on to the, to the matchups, I got to talk a little bit about Cloverport. Uh, they're six and nine, Cloverport is, but, 
for Cloverport, that's that's pretty solid. I mean, they're, they're moving. I say they're moving in the right direction, but Nick Smith has them going in the right direction, and it's good to see that kid. I see him getting some Twitter buzz out there. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Donald Yates talking about him. If yeah. Donald Yates talking about you, you're doing big things. Absolutely, and it's good to see that. And uh, he tweeted us back something the other day, and I just I pulled for that kid because he's not getting the exposure these other kids are getting. But, my God, the kid drops I mean, ridiculous amounts of points. Yeah, all you all you people that are hating on these uh, kids that go to other schools, you should just be supporting Nick Smith because he's hanging in there with Cloverport and carrying that team when he could be going and starting on any team <laughs> in the state. Absolutely, I agree with that. So if you want to hate on kids for doing that, then you got to show love to the kids that stick around like Nick Smith. That's, that's exactly that's a great point. Yeah, phenomenal point. Uh, but we'll get into the games now. Tuesday night, which will be you'll probably be hearing this on Tuesday. Um, the games, uh, will be out there. We finally get to make the trip. Very excited about this. I'm pumped. The Aluminum Sound Palace, as Mark Mathis says, he, he, he gave it the name, so we'll give him the credit for it. Uh, Aluminum Sound Palace is going to host the Homers. How about that? As Trinity is going to play host to the Hancock County Hornets and the Homers. We'll be out there getting some pictures. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Those are two of our favorite non, uh, city teams there. I mean, we've been supporting the Hancock County Hornets since day one of this program, one of our favorite schools. And then, and then, uh, once we got the support that, uh, and love that Whitesville Trinity was showing us during baseball season and the respect that we got for that program, we got to come back and show them some love and get to a home game to the, the Aluminum Sound Palace. Do it big. No question. Nothing against their basketball team. My God, their baseball team is going to be ready to shock some shock some people this year. Their baseball team might go to state. Can't wait. Think for about it. that. Can't wait for it, man. It's going to be great. Uh, great story there. And Breckenridge County plays host to Grayson County on Tuesday night. Uh, you got Apollo traveling to Christian County. It's a game I've got my eyes on because Apollo just hasn't seemed to been able to get over the hump versus these types of teams. The teams that. I feel like they should be able to beat, but they, they're going on the road. It's going to be a tough test, and this is a game I fully expect them to win. They've got to start winning some of these games. I think you're going to see Trace Young continue to grow in this system. And like I said earlier, I think Ben Moss is eventually going to be the one that you see prosper from it. And last but not least, Owensboro, the Red Devils, uh, travel down to Madisonville. We saw Madisonville game one versus Davis County. I expect Owensboro to go down there and take care of business. It is what it is. They'll be the better team on the floor by a lot. Yeah, like you said earlier, the only team that can beat Owensboro is Owensboro. Yeah, and I, I fully, around here, besides maybe they get up against the Henderson, at Henderson, I feel like they'll be underdog there. At Trinity, they'll probably be an underdog there, um, but not by much. I mean, they're, they're definitely winnable games. Other than that, you play a team around here, they're definitely going to be the favorite. I don't think you're going to see Owensboro really get tested until that five-game stretch that we've no, been talking about. Absolutely. I agree with that. And then Thursday night, uh, Logan Logan County travels to Davis County. It's a winnable game for Davis County. I fully expect the Panthers to take care of business in that one. And a game I have my eye on right here because I'm – I don't want to get ahead of myself because I know there were some false tweets out last time. I don't, I'm not breaking any news. I'm just going on what I think I might know. This is just pure speculation, but I think Cam O'Brien will return, uh, versus McLean County on Thursday night. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm off work Thursday night, so I might make the trip uh, over there and maybe check out the action if, if I can. So, uh, we'll keep you posted if we're going to be over there on, on our, uh, uh, Twitter page at the homers1027, but, It'd be interesting to see if Cam returns. This is going to be a big game, I think. It's a game I'm looking to to be to be competitive because McLean County at home is going to be tough because Hudson and company, they, they, you know, they like to win over there at the Cougar Car Wash. 
And McLean been showing us a lot of love this season, so it'd be good to get out and see the Cougars live. Absolutely. So uh, we'll keep you posted if I can make the trip. We'll be there. Uh, we'll move it on to Friday night. A nice little slate of action. You got Mead at Breck. That is a rivalry game, blood rivalry game. It's a game I'm looking to because I shoot me for saying this, but I don't think Meade County basketball, boys basketball team is that good. I think Breckenridge County gets the win here. It's a game I'm looking to. If Meade County wins this game at Breck, I saw Breck push Apollo to the limits at Breck. If Meade County can win that game, then I'll, I'll have a newfound respect. So it's kind of a measuring stick game for me for the Green Waves. I think Meade County basketball sounds a lot like Meade County football that we doubted until they kept beating these yeah. massive teams in the tournament that we kept saying <laughs> yeah, they were going right. to get beat every week. So give me the Green Wave. We'll see what happens. Uh, Edmondson County uh, travels to Grayson County. It's always felt <laughs> I know that's a rivalry game. Our boy Big Tuna lets us in on some of the heat going there. Yeah, I got a cold. Salt you know. being thrown on that game. And keep keep coughing it out, but uh, we'll get through this. Uh, OHS, uh, this is a big one here, folks. Uh, Bossy's coming to town. Evansville Bossy, they're very good. Uh, Apollo just played Central. Central and Bossy had an epic encounter, a very close ball game. So Bossy's coming to face OHS. That's always a rivalry, big rivalry. Even though it's an Evansville team versus an Owensville team, Bossy and OHS just flat out don't like each other. It's at OHS this year, so we'll be able to get out and watch a, a really good game that wasn't on the schedule at the beginning of the year. So it's a, it's a big one. It'll be a fun one at the Devil's Den on Friday night as the uh, Bossy uh, Bulldogs. Yes, the Bossy Bulldogs come to town. FIOD, get that win, represent the city. Always got to represent Kentucky versus Indiana. And I've seen the, all those Evansville reporters talking smack during that Apollo game about how uh, their boy was getting the best of Eli, right? Like, no, he's not. Yeah, Rashid, Rashid Bell or... Or whatnot, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we're moving on. Apollo uh, will travel to Muhlenberg. It's a it, it's a big regional matchup, so that's why I made it the, the headlining event. Uh, we'll see what happens when Apollo travels to face their old uh, floor general and Tony Hopper. Uh, we'll see if Knopfsinger – I think Knopfsinger will probably be healthy by then, so hopefully – yeah, we'll get a little Slim Shady action. You will have Slim Shady Jr. action if not, apparently, because he's putting up points now. Yeah, that's right. You better look out. Uh, Apollo's on her, the midst of a 35-game road swing at this point. Uh, a lot of road games in a row for the Eagles. It's like that trip the Spurs go on whenever it the is. rodeo comes to town. They don't even play their players half the time. But uh, anyway, we're moving on. we got a couple games on Saturday before we get out of here. Central Harden at Davis County. Another winnable game for Davis County. I know, I know Meade uh, beat Central Harden. I think Davis County will be able to get back on the winning track after a very tough week versus two really good teams last week. Two winnable games this week. I look for the Panthers to go 2-0. and Really no doubt about that. Yeah, give me Marsh Griffin Company in that one. And then wrapping things up, last game of the weekend on a Saturday, OHS plays again, their third game of the week. As they play McLean County, they'll, they'll play host to them. And guess what? The good news for the Devils is Steve Barker is no longer coaching McLean County, so I expect the Devils to get the win. <laughs> Woo! As a Red Devils fan, that's all I'm saying to that. Absolutely, but now he's at Apollo. We'll see if he can figure out a way to get the W uh, when it counts. Worked out all, all right the first time. <laughs> That's right. All right, so that about wrap it up. I think we babbled on long enough. Uh, pretty good program, but uh, we had Kenny the Snake on. Anytime you can do that, it's a good day. Uh, be sure and, and, and check us out on all of our social media outlets. We'll, we'll give you information on that right now. Let's get out of here. I want to remind you, you can go to www.thehomers1027.com. Follow us at thehomers1027 on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook, The Homer Show. And like the snake said, 